Hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and the politics surrounding K-12. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. We're going to spend most of this podcast taking a deep look into go-on rates and what's happening with high school graduates continuing their education or not continuing their education. So we'll go there in a couple of minutes, but we wanted to just get you quickly caught up on a couple of other headlines, uh, starting with some actually encouraging scores uh, on a science standardized test. The uh, the NAEP tests uh, came out, uh, NAEP scores from 2015 came out, and Idaho students in fourth and eighth grade actually uh, beat the national averages uh, and beat the national averages uh, significantly at the eighth grade level. These are tests that are administered to a sample of students, but they're administered across the country, and we take a close look at how these numbers from 2015 compare to previous tests and how they compare nationally, and some achievement gaps that are still lingering. Go to idahoednews.org for that story. Clark, you've been following the contracting saga, the uh, Duncan Robb contracting situation at the State Department of Education. You'll have an updated story on that as well, right? Yeah, working on an updated story for today. On Friday, a group of lawmakers, Kevin, ahead of the 2017 legislative session, is trying to provide clarity. There are a lot of unanswered questions about which contracting and bidding laws uh, apply to which agencies. There's a number of exemptions on the books that we've already talked about as Superintendent Ibarra has exercised this one uh, to hire Duncan Robb through a temporary employment services agency. Uh, So on Friday, I had a story published looking at this uncertainty and uh, basically... uh, You know, one quick takeaway here is that more than half of all general fund tax dollars spent in the state of Idaho may not be subject uh, to contract and bidding law requirements. And if you check out the story, I get into why that is, but it has to do with existing exemptions. You can find out all about that at IdahoEdNews.org. One last piece that I want to cover before we get into... Our go-on rates is uh, our Eastern Idaho reporter, Devin Bodkin, has a story up about a uh, labor and contract agreement that had long been in the works mm-hmm. in the Eastern Idaho School District of Sugar Salem. Uh, the uh, district and teachers finally came together and reached an agreement earlier this week. There had been a $400,000 miscalculation uh, that hampered the process and created some uncertainty. But if you want to find out about that agreement and get caught up with some contracting news out of eastern Idaho. Four months into the contracting year. Yeah, yeah, that's well, a long <laughs> process to get there. Absolutely. Uh, that's all there as well as the rest of the headlines for this week. But Kevin, one of the top stories that we've been following for the last couple of weeks, really one of the top stories at any point uh, of the year in education circles is the go-on rate. We had some new numbers that the State Board of Education uh, released uh, just over a week ago. Uh, We brought those numbers to you last week. You took a closer look this week, and you really did something cool. You had a chance to drill down at the district level and at the school level uh, and take a closer look at why maybe these numbers slid from 52% uh, of our high school graduates going on within one year to falling to 46% for the class of 2015. What did you find? Well, what I did, and let's walk through the numbers, and then as we go, we're going to talk about why this happened, sure. what happens next. Um, the numbers are really fairly startling. Uh, with Randy Schrader's help, our, our data analyst, I was able to go through and look at the state board statistics. And here we're talking about 
more than 250 high schools around the state. Traditional high schools, charter high schools, alternative high schools. The numbers are, are startling. From, from 2011 to 2015, that go-on rate dropped in 66% of the state's high schools. The one-year drop, not as severe, but still pretty, uh, pretty severe. A 59% of the high schools saw a drop-off in these go-on rates from 2014 to 2015. So something significant is happening here in, in, in these go-on rates, and it's happening fairly recently. It's happening in kind of real time here. We'll talk more about the 60% number, and there are a lot of different ways to calculate a 60% number, but consider this. Basically, one in every six high schools in the state has a go-on rate of 60% or better. That's a go-on rate. And when the state is talking about trying to boost college attendance, they're actually talking about boosting college completion. They want right. a 60% completion rate, which is a whole different thing than a 60% go-on rate. But if you have only 60% of students enrolling in college 12 months out of high school, you've got a long way to go to get to a 60% completion rate. So the numbers are there. And the cool thing about the numbers is... Uh, you can download our spreadsheet. Right. If you're curious about what's going on in your high school, your school district, you can see the numbers and you can see how they've changed from 2011 through 2014 to 2015. And let's talk about that 60%. Do you want to talk about that 60% goal real quick right now, where it came from, why we have it? This is something that everyone from the State Board of Education back in 2010 to Lieutenant Governor Brad Little and the legislature earlier in 2016 have endorsed, endorsed, and the 60% goal was really rooted in this Georgetown University uh, education and workforce study that was projecting out the kind of jobs that would be around in the year 2020 and the, ki and the types of education levels uh, that young adults would need to attain to fill those jobs. That's why we got the 60% goal. Um, you, you've talked about the numbers, but you also had a chance to talk to Lieutenant Governor Brad Little, who was one of the champions of this goal, uh, about the new numbers. And uh, what did he say? Yeah, uh, he was disappointed with the new go-on numbers. And uh, I think a lot of folks were disappointed in that. And I think, you know, we should talk about that. Let's talk, sure. first of all, about our terms here and make sure that we're clear about what the the go-on rate is and what the 60% completion okay, sure. rate is and, and how we're talking about two different sets of numbers. And then let's get back into in okay. further looking at the go-on. So it's really, as a research junkie, as a, uh, as a grad student myself, uh, the weeds of this is, uh, it's really kind of fascinating to me. When you're talking about the completion rate, the 60% completion rate, you're really talking about something that is affected by a lot of different things. It's affected by the economy as much as anything else. It's affected by what kind of jobs are available in a state and what sort of education those jobs require. So if you have a college graduate in Idaho who can't find a job in Idaho and moves to Seattle or to the Silicon Valley, that works against your completion right. rate numbers because these are no longer young adults living in Idaho who have a, a college degree. It, it's also a brain drain issue, which is a whole different and bigger socioeconomic issue than, you know, the completion rate. Conversely, if you had an employer come in who is needing a bunch of uh, college educated workers and workers 
move into Idaho to take those jobs, that actually boosts your completion rate numbers. So, and we see that in, in, in eastern Idaho, right, with the existence right, of the Idaho right, National the Lab, side. young adults coming in out of the engineering fields uh, that have these advanced degrees moving into Idaho from other points. When your bigger employers uh, such as Micron were hiring and expanding, you would have that. Uh, to a smaller degree in the Treasure Valley, you've got a lot of maybe smaller kind of startup companies. They may bring in some some talented uh, college-educated folks uh, from out of state. So it is going on at kind of a, a micro level. So that's what the completion rate is talking about. The go-on rate is really an educational metric, and it really does kind of go into the wheelhouse of what's under the State Board of Education's yeah. uh, purview as a policy board. I mean, it's really just looking at, okay, a young man, young woman graduates from high school, then what? Is that, uh, is he or she going into college or doing something else? And that's kind of where these numbers get interesting. That's what we saw with the go on numbers. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about that because you've heard that from the state board level and I looked into it more this week. What happened? What drove those numbers down from 2014 to 2015? And we've heard some of those theories. Right. You, you've talked about it. You do a good job of breaking it down in your article. We've known for a long time, and, and this isn't new, that boys and young men go on and continue their education after high school at a much lower level uh, than young women do. Um, Carson Howell, a researcher from the State Board of Education, said it's something like uh, an average of 13% lower when we talk about the rates of young men going on uh, versus young women. And it's exacerbated by what we're seeing right now with a low unemployment rate. It's a good job market if you're looking for work right out of high school, and that may be attractive, especially to an 18-year-old guy getting out of high school. Maybe more likely to take a job and either put off college for a year or two, make a little bit of money, or you know perhaps just go into a, a line of work that becomes you know, a line of work long term, and then they may never go back to college. We also know that, especially in eastern Idaho, the religious missions uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints that has an effect where, especially a lot of young men after completing high school. Uh, will go on and serve a church mission for a couple of years. The state board is well mm-hmm. aware of that, though, and right. they do track that, and they do have a three-year go-on rate that captures that. One of the things that state leaders are concerned about, though, is regardless of, of any individual circumstance, the farther you get removed from your high school graduation in general, the less likely you are right. to go on and to go back to school. But they are aware of of uh, the issue with the religious missions, and they do capture and, and track those numbers. Right. Now, what's interesting in all of this, um, whether we're talking about uh, young adults who are going into the workforce, young adults who are choosing to serve their church, going on a mission, choosing to serve their country in the military, lots of very different factors here and lots of very personal reasons for this. And some of it really kind of transcends the bigger policy issues. There, there may be a lot of very personal reasons why somebody decides to go into the workforce as opposed to going into college. Uh, church missions are a very personal decision, and for members of the LDS Church, my, my sister-in-law, she served on a mission and then went back to college. I know for her, going and serving her church for, for two years was a very important personal stage in her life, and, and uh, for missionaries... Uh, I'm sure that's a very common placing. Serving the military is a very personal commitment that, that, that folks are making. So, yeah, I don't want to discount that. I mean, this is a 
there are a lot of factors here. Right. And they really are hard to transcend in terms of policy. And there has been some discussion, at least at the state level, about should a young man or a young woman going into the military, that's a bona fide career, should that count? And mm-hmm. it doesn't count right now, but there there have been those discussions, especially when you consider the Mountain Home Air Force Base and, and the number of folks uh, that uh, that are going on to serve their country. There has yeah. been some discussion about whether that should count. Right. One of the things that really struck me when I was writing my story that I, that I published on Thursday, um, I had a chance to talk to Wiley Dobbs, who's the superintendent in Twin Falls. We've both spoken to him. He's, to my reco- reckoning, one of the most level-headed superintendents in the state. You know, he'll, he'll tell it like it is. He'll give you kind of the straight... Uh, perspective as he sees it. When I asked him about the Twin Falls go on numbers, he said, you know, we're baffled. And we're baffled because I look at other metrics and I see everything going the right way. Our SAT scores are looking good. You know, more of our kids are college and career ready by the SAT's standards. More kids are taking dual credit. Our high school graduation rate is up and we wrote about the high school graduation rate last week. So, He's looking at all those numbers and he's wondering why the go on numbers aren't translating because all of these all of these trends, you know, grad rates, SAT scores, dual credit, all should be feeding into an improved go on number. So I think as we talk about folks who are disappointed in these numbers, there's also some confusion of what's happened, why it happened this year, and whether that's a short-term trend or a long-term trend. Absolutely. And and we heard that from Richard Westerberg. One of the State Board of Education members was particularly frustrated last week after all the effort that went into the advanced courses, the dual credit courses. He thought that that was one of the chief strategies for ramping up the go-on rate. If folks completed credits early uh, while they were still in high school. It would make their education more affordable. Uh, They would get some of those credits out of the way to make it a shorter time period that they would need uh, to earn that uh, degree or certificate. And uh, and that frustrated Mm -hmm. um, and confused him, uh, for sure. And I think part of the frustration and confusion and uncertainty as we go forward is, was this a one-year blip? A bad blip, but was it a one-year blip, or is it the sign of a longer-term downward spiral? And as I talk to folks for the story that I published on, on Thursday, what what I'm hearing is uh, folks saying, you know, this might turn around, and it might turn around quicker than you think. Um, we know, and we've chronicled, and I kind of recap it in the story a lot of programs are in place right now that are designed to try to encourage more kids to go to college. We talked about dual credit, and that's really taking off in a lot of schools and states putting more money into that. The counseling money is brand new. This $5 million for career and college counseling you know, in the K-12 system, districts are just starting to spend that money. Um, the state board is doing this direct admission program where High school seniors get a letter that says, hey, you're, you're good to go. Just apply to go to college in Idaho and you're in. Second year of that, they are starting to compile some numbers. Uh, Carson Howell at the state board says that they're going to have some numbers to show the board in December to show what's going on here. A lot of things are in the mix. A lot of things are in the pipeline. And they're so new that they didn't really affect the 2015 go-on numbers. They might start to affect the 2016 and beyond go on numbers. So 
this is going to bear a lot of scrutiny, yeah. not just from us. We're just reporters, but it's going to bear a lot of scrutiny from policymakers, education, business, political leaders. What's happening here is very important in terms of what happens in terms of the college completion numbers, in terms of workforce preparation and workforce readiness. Uh, a lot of big stuff going on here as evidenced by that 60% goal that, uh, that we've already talked about, which has become sort of the, the touchstone, the centerpiece uh, in terms of education policy in the state. Sure. Based on your comments, I just had two points that I wanted to make. You mentioned uh, some optimism that this may turn around quickly. Uh, and, and there certainly is reason uh, to believe that and to aspire for that. But I did want to point out that based on the way the goal is written, even a quick turnaround might be too late to reach the 60% goal mm -hmm. by 2020 because keep in mind that goal applies to students or to young adults who are age 25. Those kids are already out of high school. You're kids right. who are going right. to be 25 by the year 2020 are already out of high school. Uh, so certainly the completion rate would lag the go on rate. Keep that in mind. That doesn't mean that we couldn't reach the goal or, or still keep pushing for the goal. I just don't know that if it would make enough of a difference by the year 2020. And, and the flip side to that is if you really want to break down the numbers and go into the weeds like, you know, grad students like me tend to try to yeah. do. It, strictly speaking, what happened with this class of 2015 and their their declining go on rates, it's not going to affect the 2020 numbers because they're not going to be 25 by then anyway. So, uh, yeah. Right. So you know, a lot of ways to slice and dice the numbers, but maybe the bigger picture in all of this is how do we define completion? How do we define uh, an outcome post-secondary, post-high school that uh, is successful? And we get into that a little bit in our story uh, on, on Thursday. Do we need to rethink some of the things that are calculated towards the 60%. Um, to what degree does career technical right. enter into this equation? Right now, it kind of does sometimes. It kind of doesn't sometimes. It depends on the length of the education and the, the rigor of the certificate. So I guess that's worth getting into real quick uh, before we start to wrap things up. What counts for reaching the 60% uh, the goal? Certainly any type of a bachelor's degree or more advanced mm -hmm. degree than that. Two that counts. degree at a community college. That counts. counts. A, even a career technical certificate uh, from an accredited institution that it is at least a program of one year in length or more, those kinds of career technical certificates will count. So uh, it's college degrees, it's, it's uh, associate's degrees, it's advanced degrees, but also many uh, career technical certificates, specifically the ones uh, that are from a program that takes one year or more from an accredited institution. Those are the kinds of things that count towards the goal. Right. And, yeah, let's remember here, and not lose sight of the fact that while we're talking about numbers and we're talking about calculations of numbers and we're talking about calculations of rates, we're also talking about people. Yeah. And we're talking about human outcomes here. And that was one of the things that kind of struck me as I was talking to Don Coberly, the, the Boise superintendent, about this. His, his point of view on this is, you know, some of the, the kids who are coming through the Boise system who then go and get a career technical uh, certificate, whether they do it in the Boise schools or through another avenue, a lot of times uh, these... These young men and young women, they have a, a good job. They have a, you know, they're, they're making a good living. They're happy. They're satisfied in their, in their career. This is a good outcome. And I don't think anybody could argue that it's not a good outcome. So what Superintendent Coberly is getting at is, well, if these are good outcomes, 
shouldn't it somehow be calculated into a success rate? I mean, I think it's a very fair question to to explore here. And, and as I talked to Lieutenant Governor Little on Thursday, he said, you know, we do need to try to figure out a way to calculate that. But what constitutes a real, uh, a quality, a rigorous certificate program? It's not a four-hour class. Right. It's, it's got to yeah. be something more than that. So a lot of lot lot to talk about in terms of where does career technical fit into a sixty percent number, where does military service figure, and that's something uh, when I talk to uh, Superintendent Dobbs from Twin Falls, he's saying, look, I, I have a lot of students who are going into the military after high school. That's a career. Why isn't that part of the sixty percent? So a, a lot that we're still trying to sort out, and a lot of numbers, and you can tell I get kind of charged up about numbers and, and calculations, but it's also a very personal aspect. And that's part of what's interesting about this story. Devin Bodkin, our Eastern Idaho reporter, is exploring this as well. And he'll have a story that we will drop on Monday. And he's talked to some students. He's talked to some counselors and some folks who are really at the front line of this and has a little bit more of that personal perspective on this story. So do check that story out as well. Absolutely. Kevin, great work. Uh, I just want to remind folks they can find the story uh, Idaho's Go On Woes, What Happened, What Happens Now is the headline. And just another reminder, as you mentioned, one of the coolest things is uh, we show our work. You can download our data. If you want to take a closer look at your school district, at your particular uh, school, you're able to do that uh, by us sharing our work. Is there anything uh, else that you want to point out about this story, about this important issue uh, before we move to wrap things up? No, I think, uh, again, look at the stories, look at the numbers for yourself, um, and we will be continuing to follow this because it is, it's a bellwether to a lot of other things that are very important in education and the economy. So this is definitely a priority topic for us. It is the state's flagship goal when it comes uh, to education in many ways. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week and every week on Extra Credit. We will be back next week uh, with an episode especially dedicated to the upcoming election and what you will find on your ballot in Idaho. I'm looking forward to having that discussion with you next week. Kevin, in the meantime, if you want to keep up with Idaho Education News, you can follow at Idaho Ed News on Twitter and like Idaho Education News on Facebook. That's a great way to see all of our headlines all throughout the week and to connect with us. Meanwhile, we'll be back next week, but as always, thank you so much uh, for listening. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.